You're listening to Very Loose Women. Hello, you are tuned in to Very Loose Women. I'm Soyla and I'm here with Leo. Hello, Leo. Hi. I'm here with Esther. Hi, Esther. Hello. And our guest, Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah. Um, This episode, we're going to be talking about the sound of science, um, which... I think sounds it sounds a little mysterious, I guess. Um, but mm. all will be revealed. Stay tuned. Um, let's start with um, celebrations and frustrations, Leo. So I've been meaning to deal with my anxiety for a while, but I did contact my local mind and they recommended... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, I should also say that I also get very stressed about money and I didn't want to spend any money on my mental health. So... I mean, it's fair enough. Um, Lots of people are in that situation. Yeah. Um, and my local mind does an anxiety peer support group. So I'm going for the first time on the 29th. Great. But like first steps in basically, you know, when I was at uni, we covered this in the anxiety show, but mm. um, I had a counsellor for free there and I went initially to like get my deadlines delayed because I was stressed about them. She's like, your problem isn't the deadlines. <laughs> that you've got mm. it and so we started dealing with that with CBT and then I was like okay this is probably something I should tackle it's taking like two years down the line and I'm finally doing something about it Esther I tried an open mic um oh. for the, which was uh oh it was that was scary <laughs> um it's just nice to be able to eat properly again <laughs> um is this music or um no uh stand up oh cool yeah stand-up. I forgot that bit yeah. <laughs> Just open mic. Mysterious. Um, no, I'm not musical in any way, shape or form. Um, maybe I'm not funny either. That was the risk. That was the big risk. How was it? Yeah. It was... Um, so, well, actually, oh, this, this was the second one. Um, mm. And the first one was just like, I mean, who knows? It was just a big... I just felt like I blacked out for five minutes. But... Oh, my God. I've done it once. That's exactly how I felt. Really? Like, Someone said, like, oh, this line. And I was like, I do not remember saying that. <laughs> like, I had two glasses of red beforehand. which Good probably, idea. Yeah. I should have done this. Well, no. Well, okay. red lips. Yeah. It's, not, it's not, mm, not, not so cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend was, her reaction was like, oh, you weren't rubbish. And I was like, woo. <laughs> but then the second one was just like, absolutely dire. Like, literally like, oh, that was just many a lead balloon, you know, like all the time. What was the theme? Yes, that, <laughs> in my heart. Um, but, you know, sorry, what was the question? What were you talking about? Again, great question. I <laughs> I planned to talk about, um, like, oh, what had I planned to talk about? Oh, yeah, I planned to talk about sort of temping and, like, mm. being on the outside looking in and how it's a bit of a ludicrous situation often. But I ended up talking about, like, my GP. <laughs> and I just didn't foresee that coming. So when it started to come out of my mouth, I was like, I've got to follow this thread. But it was the lack of foresight oh, wow. that really... Ooh, it was, it was um, yeah, a mixture of kind of very terrifying, but also quite liberating. And ooh. it just made me think, oh, I'd, I would like to try this again, but um, it will take a lot of resilience, I think. So mm. I just made... It, I really admired people that just do it and do it and do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, glad I tried. Mm. I've met a few comedians, and I think the impression I get is it, it is, like, quite horrific to start with. Or it's <laughs> like, Horrific's the word. <laughs> yeah, or, like, a bit, bit hit and miss. You have ups and downs. Mm. But then, you know, it kind of, I guess, is a bit addictive, isn't it, that feeling, maybe? Mm-hmm. If it works. Keep going then. is the point. Mm. Yeah, keep going. Cheers, and then in more keep going, <laughs> my, my, I guess, it, a frustration, I guess, um, is that I had a mock driving yes. test. Um, and I, I, I did fail it. Um, but in the keep going spirit, you mm. have to... 
work on through. It, there wasn't nothing major. It, I mean, nice. I mean, significant. It's like a hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> nothing major. Um, thousand. <laughs> so but, weird how the point system works. <laughs> but um, but no, I I feel I never felt out of control. I'm right. sure my instructor who was doing the. <laughs> the, the overseeing of the mock felt differently, but but um, no, I felt I I feel like I'm not a danger to the general public on the road. Amazing. But of course, we'll see that in the actual test at some point in the near future. I passed my test, and I definitely am a danger. Comforting. So. <laughs> Very. <laughs> Look out, pedestrians. Mm, I know. I know. Um, well more practice on the road I yeah guess. i'll do my pass plus but if it helps i failed my mock and passed my test and i definitely can't drive okay well thank you for there the you go there is hope <laughs> yeah there is hope there is hope. Yeah. Yeah. um i'm finally Catherine. do you have a celebration or a frustration i have a bit of both mm. yes just like, like. I, thought, well, I thought i had to prepare two so i thought well let's do well it do them. let's do it uh so i was in in vienna at the weekend um mm. visiting my girlfriend's family and i've been trying to learn german so Slight frustration is that I don't understand what anyone's saying still. Um, and she has like this nephew who's, I don't know, like one and a half. And he just looks at me like I'm like a freak. It's so like, he can like, why don't you understand anything? And why don't you speak like normal? But my success is I managed to get him to say, oh no. Yeah. One puts his hand on his head as well. So yeah. that's, that was pleasing. He's doing that quite a lot now. So yeah. I feel like I'm teaching him some English. <laughs> just the kind of the kind of British English yeah. of the, oh no because oh, no. <laughs> you could be quite sarky with oh yeah. no do you know what I mean you could yeah. you ever a kid and you just learn to say it all the time that would be so effective at like annoying your parents <laughs> especially That's if it's great. not your language I yeah mean, even better <laughs> yeah okay I'm pretty happy with that there we go I think a nice nice set of, of celebrations and frustrations today um, but we're going to move into our topic, which is the sound of science. Um, Catherine, you are an astrophysicist. I am, um, yes. And, and a musician. Um, I think two very incredibly interesting things. Um, you're passionate about promoting women in areas that are traditionally underrepresented. Mm -hmm. um, and you also run a comedy night with Alice Frick, who came on Very Loose Women um, a couple of weeks ago. And that night is called Laughing Labia, which we also are uh, very pro on the, on that. Um, <laughs> pro the name. Pro the pro <laughs> ladies. Um, I'd love to know more about what you do as an astrophysicist. As an astrophysicist. I mean, generally, I sit in front of a computer is what I do literally and get yeah. a bit cross that my programs aren't working. But on the grander scheme, I'm basically trying to um, studying how we can learn about the first stars and galaxies using really big radio telescopes. Um, so it turns out there's absolutely loads of hydrogen in the universe. Mm. Uh, and when it's neutral, so when the electron and the proton are sort of orbiting each other like a little solar system, it emits a signal. Mm. And we can, in principle, detect that on Earth from the, from the universe. And we can look back in time in our universe. Um, so before, before the first stars and galaxies, everything would have been neutral. So we kind of see that signal everywhere with these telescopes. But as soon as those first stars switch on, they start to produce a load of radiation, which then boots that electron out of its little tiny solar system. Mm -hmm. um, and then you start to see holes in that signal forming. And those holes will grow as more and more mm. stars switch on. Um, and eventually, there's none of the signal left. And yeah. it's kind of this process we're hoping to observe with humongous radio telescopes oh, they kind of so spread continents there's so um, much to unpack here yeah and, sorry there's a bit of an overload and half an hour is never going to do it so i'm just going to skip over all <laughs> okay. of that but the bit that like always starts with me when people start talking about space is the time thing mm -hmm. 
please don't explain that because I don't think I will ever understand it. But that you can look into the stars and see back in time. Yeah, that's fun. So that's it's, it's so basically baffling. because light has a limited speed, right? So if you think it takes me a certain amount of time to walk across the room, same is true for light traveling across the universe. Mm. So by looking further and further away, we look back in time. It's basically the universe is a massive time machine, which is very useful. Because, yeah, we can literally, cool. like archaeologists, look back in time. Is that where like, Doctor Who's idea about a time lord came from? Probably. Wow. I mean, context. Where else would he have got it from, right? <laughs> exactly. So, I, so, I, so slight starlight takes I, a while to get to us. Maybe if I walk really slowly, I can travel through time too. Amazing. Yeah, I see the parallel. Yeah. <laughs> so clear. Well, um, so you have a project. Hence yes. the kind of sound of science, yes. kind of a project baby, it's a baby. Um, but yeah, so could you tell us about this project? Yeah, so the, the project is kind of, I'm just trying to bring my two worlds together, so the music and the science. And the sort of premise of it is to use music and sound, which is something that's quite accessible to people, people relate to it quite easily, to use that, the music and the sound, to connect people with scientists and with their science and the data that they use. Um, so ultimately, I'm, I want to produce uh, a series of podcasts where I interview scientists, specifically female scientists, with the whole thread of promoting women, mm. uh, about their science, you know, their, what, what their experiences of being a scientist, but also the kind of the sounds that they um, associate with their work and also, you know, illustrate that with actual sound recordings from their workplace. Mm. And the kind of finale of each one is to work with that person to find some aspect of their data we can sonify, we can turn into sound, um, and then make a little piece of music out of it. Mm. Sounds so cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun. So we're hopefully, hopefully working with Imperial Out, we've reached a, hopefully, fingers crossed, producer pilot mm. of, of that, that sounds great. pilot podcast. So. I mean, when I think of, if, if you would say to me, Soila, what does science sound like? Mm. I'd, I'd find it very difficult to answer that question because I guess you can, it captures so much. You could say, well, on the practical side, you've got people in labs and lab sounds yeah. and whatever, but then you could think, well, science is everything around us. So could I say, I don't know, a bird chirping is, is scientific in some way or I don't know. What, what? Yeah, well, I think science is, underpins everything, right? Mm. I mean, it, the, the whole, I guess, construct of science is to try and understand the world around us through logic and through evidence and taking data. So, yeah, you 100% can say that. Yeah. It, it links to everything, so. Yeah. Is there anything else we think sounds like science? <laughs> well, like, okay, the first thing I think of is that you know that comedy TV show called Look Around You? Oh, yeah. Where they like do lots of like bloop, 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 bloop sounds. Um, but uh, I know that in nature documentaries, all of the sort of foley, all of the sounds to mm. illustrate like what it sounds like for a spider to ruffle through some grass. Oh, okay. We're going to change that to a mouse because we don't like spiders on this show. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank God it wasn't just me. <laughs> Sorry. My girlfriend's arachnophobic as well. <laughs> it's up a spike. Mm, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, if it's like a little mouse, yeah. then it's a, why is a mouse less creepy? It's just completely Four legs. Have, yeah. Less legs, yeah. Toes, yeah. it's got toes. Yeah. It doesn't scuttle. Does it have toes? Probably. You've got toes, little tiny toes. Tiny more like mouse little toes. clawy toes things. Paws. Anyway, <laughs> like it makes a sound. But that sound is is created like in like Soho, basically in a stu in a mm. studio where they're like dropping paper oh. clips on. Like it's all like fabricated, mm. so you can record stuff in nature. Like I'm sure if a lion roars or something, they're not going to like 
get their mate. Can you do that again? I didn't catch that. (laughs) One more time. But for like things like leaves or things dropping into ponds or like those are all recorded kind of artificially. Footsteps. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a conception of sound of how, Mm. I guess, nature sounds that's kind of wrong. Mm. I guess even you have that with like documentaries about space when it shows you the earth, this kind of also CGI earth Mm -hmm. and it has that kind of rumbling sound. Yeah, Mm. exactly. That's not what it sounds like. I don't know. What what does the earth sound like? Maybe I will find out in this project. But that kind of makes me think of, you know, the alien, you know, alien, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream. It's true. Yeah, it's true. You can't hear anything. You can't so, hear anything in space. No, because yeah, is that because it's a, a vacuum? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check you out. Look at that. Hello. Someone's going GCSE signs. That's literally. it goes. If Miss Bowen's listening, that's for you. But yeah, so just in terms of science and other kind of STEM subjects and STEM sounds for mm-hmm. science, technology, engineering and mathematics, women make up only 23% of the workforce in those um, areas. Um, so quite heavily underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wanted to know um, of us very loose women, what was it that um, kind of stopped us from working in STEM? And then maybe, Catherine, what was it that got you into mm-hmm. STEM? So... Um, I think for me, I had growing up some quite a few ambitions, you know, working as a doctor, really wanted to be an astronaut. I think I've mentioned this on our um, show when we talk about what we wanted to be when we grow up. Um, and um, I like to look at the stars and things like that. Um, but I have this very particular memory of my male physics teacher and um, what it was at that age where, like, the lads were drawing like penises on books and they went through my entire exercise book just for these dicks and I was just like what the hell and I went to my teacher and I was like can you what are you going to do about this this is not cool to have all these like this is all my notes blah 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 he was like oh you know boys will be boys and it was just kind of like complete dismissal and I was like okay so that gave me the negative association of being in that lesson, which then expanded to the negative association of, you know, most of my science teachers were men and it was very kind of like lurdy and, you know, kind of let's graffiti and that kind of thing. And it just felt very... A representation of, like, (laughs) men stomping on the dreams of women. (laughs) Drawing penises on every page is really very... (laughs) Very visual. Very, yeah. Yeah, so that was... I think that was what kind of sowed the seed of, I thought, okay, well, I'll just go do something else then. So did you sort of put your dreams on pause? What did you make it think about the big dreams that you had? Yeah, I was like, well, you know, if I thought, well, physics, physics is what leads me on to doing... Star oh. looking at astrophysics. <laughs> Look at astrophysics, that's there what, we go. That's a better description of what I gave about what I did. <laughs> and so, yeah, it just, I was just kind of like, well, okay, well, I'm not going to really do that. Mm. And I think at G- mm. when I went on and chose different subjects, none of them were science. So, oh, so you didn't do so you didn't do any sciences p- past no that point. I didn't didn't continue with it and I still like love nature documentaries love science documentaries and you know kind of maths documentaries as well cool. like I I enjoy watching them and I like when I try and do te- more kind of technological stuff in my work I really enjoy the aspect of it mm. and I just think mm, yeah 
Yeah, that's a, that's a shame. That's that's a, it's, a, but I think it's a, it's a, a standard story you kind of hear a lot mm. because there's no role models. There's very few role models. I mean, it's. I think the numbers are relatively are not so bad as you get to sort of even PhD. I think it's not so bad. But as soon as you get beyond that, like to senior, more senior roles, there's you know the number of women drop massively. I was going to say that statistic you you give. I would be mm. curious to know how that looked like for. Permanent level staff, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and whether it includes uh, the teaching profession, mm. Mm, like true. for um, uh, secondary school, yeah. for example. So why yeah. does it drop drop off after that point that you mentioned? Sort of past, was it PhD? Yeah, I mean, it it drops off before then, but I think I think there's many many different things. And I think one aspect. So obviously, part of my project, I really want to promote women, and I think there's two aspects to giving female role models. It's one to give women the inspiration to see that actually that they can see themselves in science and so that they consider it as something they can do. But there's a flip side of that that people don't talk about so much, that also boys don't see female role models in science. Mm. That means boys grow up speaking to women differently in those roles. Mm. So me as a scientist, I will, I do get spoken to differently to a man in my role. And it's not because the, those guys are not good people or something. It's just they also, they just... At some level, there's something inside them that doesn't see women as scientists too. Hmm. So there's and that, that disadvantages everybody, because it means that you know they don't get the most out of their co-workers. It means people do leave, women do leave. I think there's also there's a very big thing, especially in astro, this sort of they will speak of people. They will speak about the two-body problem. So it's very much a kind of job when you do postdocing where you have to move around a lot. You have to go to different countries. And when you're in a relationship, that's much more hard to balance. Mm. And I think women do tend to maybe either they're, they're less likely to give up their or they're more likely to give up their job for, for a man, sort of for a relationship, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's also just the priority is greater for them. I know for me it's it's a big consideration and it's, you know, like my lifestyle and it's not just my relationship, you know, like my friends I have around me. It's, you know, mm. it's, a, it's a big consideration as to whether I'm willing to go and live in another country mm. for just a few months, you know, three few years and then have to do it all over again and keep moving around in this transient mm. I never really thought about that as an aspect of, you know, of that industry mm. and, and that's, that sector. Um, are there any other reasons why we're not into STEM or I, I'm not not into it. I think there are like a a range of reasons that mean that I didn't end up in STEM. And one is like a pull factor that I was definitely like always loved the like literary side mm. of school. Mm. And so in France, um they split the for like mm. mainstream school, so not if you're like in a technical school, but at fifteen they split you up into littéraire so literary and then science économique sociale so like e- economy and social yeah. and sciences i guess but they it's like social sciences yeah. um and then scientific so that would that's actually the one with the most prestige is the scientific one that's like maths and science mm. and it means so the way they do it in france is like each exam has a coefficient and so the like the wow. the coefficient of maths and science in the scientific is called filière but like a pathway mm. is very high whereas like I had coefficient seven for philosophy and that was very, that were, like my highest were like um history geography English lit because I was doing the international um like the American French baccalaureate's complicated one that no one's heard <laughs> yeah. of um so like I I picked the literary one because one I was very grade oriented and I wanted the best grades that I could get mm. um but also just because like I was like 
I was getting the better grades in like mm. books stuff because I like reading a lot. Yeah. Um, but I remember because I was in the literary section, like once I I actually did two months of science, economy, social. I'm translating. Yeah. But um, then I flicked over to the literary section, and as soon as I was in that, it was like in. Um, we first we stopped having chemistry, biology, and all of that. We just had science as one class. Once I was in mm. that group, and then. In science, we were making mayonnaise too. <laughs> mayonnaise? <laughs> it's peak France. But like, yeah, to understand like how... Like, I love mayonnaise. Like, it's quite useful though. To it know. was a lesson on like, I think it was lipophiles and hydrophiles, like something like that, like what attracts water and like how do they like catalysts and mayonnaise is very scientifically interesting. I'm sure you'd agree. Okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, to look mayonnaise. like I know what you're talking. Yeah, yes, yeah. mayonnaise. Um, um, I see that we're kind of getting close to time and actually I'm really interested in talking about um your kind of mixing of science and music mm-hmm. and how you're turning kind of scientific data into music mm-hmm. in this project but yeah. also just your kind of separation from science as a musician yeah my separation from science yeah. in general yeah I don't know that it's so much of a separation you mean in, in terms of me as a person doing, doing yeah, those two do things? Yeah, you do lots of different I things. I do lots of different and... things. I am all over the place. That yeah. is definitely true. But I think I think with mu- music is always something I just loved and science is always something I was good at. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not one of these people that was like, I love science. It's like, all <laughs> I wanted to do ever do. It's definitely not. And, I, you know, I had a, a break, you know, for after I did my degree and I kind of only did it for a degree because I didn't know what else I wanted to do and I was always traditionally good at those things mm. I went to a girls school as well so I didn't have the experience you have so it probably didn't no, no dicks knock on me books. off of that direction <laughs> for whatever reason that was, yeah no dicks on books there probably was though to be fair it's just <laughs> girls doing them um but yeah, I think, so music has always appealed to me a lot, but I think there was actually quite a similarity in the way that you get lost in writing music or playing music. It's very, uh, it's very consuming. Like it takes over your brain pattern. You know, you don't really, you can't really drift off if you can, but you tend not to, you tend to be in a bit of a phase. And sometimes with science, when you get into the zone with thinking about something, that's a very similar thing. And it's also quite creative. Certain, certain aspects of science are very creative. Um, and, you know, you have to think about solving a problem. You're always working on something you never worked on before you don't know how to do nobody does probably so you have to be quite creative in that so I think they are there is actually a a similarity between the two Mm. for me anyway and um can I ask what um queer and unsigned is you may yes so this is a kind of like a a a network for promoting uh queer artists of all genres but it's also we've kind of me and uh, my partner in in crime for queer and unsigned, uh, Sally McFerrin, or Alabaster Queen, as her mm-hmm. artist name is. Um, we're both musicians, so we we kind of run live music events. So we run a queer and unsigned. It, traditionally, it's She Bar. We've done a few there, and we do um, stages at Alefest, uh, which is this huge lesbian festival that happens every year, and in Del Mar as well. I think it's in June that we're going to Del Mar in nice. Spain. I think it's in Spain. Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> you hope so now. Confident about that. <laughs> wow, that's such a like just so many things and so much. I wish that we could fit into half an hour for a show. Um, but uh, are there any ways that our listeners can look at your science work, queer and signed, other kinds of work that you do? Probably the best thing to do is go to my music website because I think there's on my about thing you can get to everything there. So that's uh, www.catherineallen.co.uk. So that's Catherine with a C. Mm-hmm. And the INE version, and then Allen is like all in A double L I N. So I think pretty much everything is there. Almost certainly worth joining my mailing list. For one thing, you get entered into a, 
a chance to win a ticket style. I'm doing a live video shoot on the 23rd of oh. June in a very Ooh. cool venue that I can only invite a few people to. So that's quite exciting. Nice. So join my mailing list and then you'll find out about the sound of science and queer and unsigned and all these exciting things and laughing labia is also the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So much. Yeah. So much there. Thank you so much for coming on Very Loose Women. It's been a pleasure to have you on. And I wish that we had more time. I know, I maybe, do too. Maybe so at quickly. some point in the future we'll we'll come in and, you know, we'll get the sound of science and we'll play well, that. Well, yeah, we'd love, to, we'd love to come back in once it's sort of materialised a little bit more. That could yeah, be really fun. we can listen to yeah. it, see how it works. Yeah, exclusives. Yes. What? Yes. What? <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Esther, for coming on today's show. Thanks as for well. having me. Um, thank you, Leo, for also being here. And thank you, John, for engineering for us. Um, we are, of course, Very Loose Women on Facebook and at VLW Radio on Instagram and Twitter. Um, we're actually going to play out to a song which is um, one of Catherine's and it's called Ambush. It is. So, um, here we go. Why am I standing all alone? Why am I feeling quite so low? Just lost 